Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other one is along for the ride. And another one is probably going out with a chick that does dog grooming. Don't know where Kirk is tonight, but it's definitely something involved with animals. Because that dude loves his animals. Am I right? Yes. Puppies are better than cats. Yes. Definitely. This is definitely a pro dog podcast. Don't bring your cats up in here. Like it's adorable and knows how to use a litter box. Um, Rockies, still rocking, right? They're doing exactly what we expected. Um, the most recent, it's been a hot minute since we've been here. So we're just going to kind of just throw some hodgepodge stuff out together, the players out, um, and just kind of random go around and around and around. But we just completed a four game series against the Cincinnati Reds that we easily should have gone swept them 4-0 but as James put it we had the worst loss ever on Sunday explain yourself I'm back again not a lot to talk about so whatever worst loss ever against the Reds yesterday explain yourself Okay, yes, maybe I was over-exaggerating, but it feeds into a larger point that if that was not considered one of the top five, top ten all-time losses at uh, Coors Field, then what kind, of, <laughs> what kind of situation is it good where that's just like naturally a loss that happens? Because it was the very definition of a bullpen implosion. Uh, like you said, the Rockies bullpen is going to Rockies bullpen, right? They're just going to blow it all the time. And it's sad that that loss isn't considered like an all-time, an all-timer. It was horrible. You have a 6-1 lead. Your starter goes seven strong, one so run hard. ball. And then you not only give up the lead, uh, the way that you do it by giving free pass after free pass after free pass, and wild pitches and all of those things is just completely unacceptable. And it was so infuriating to watch. And then the Rockies offense almost bailed us out. But then even then, a brain fart moment from Connor Joe, you know, leads us to uh, a loss that is, in my mind, should be unforgivable. There is no other fan base that would accept that on a regular basis. But us as Rockies fans need to. So when I say that's an all-timer, for 29 out of 30 clubs, that's an all-timer, right? And but. I mean, it's the way you described it is it is a just a crappy way to lose. Like you, it's all out of your hands. Like you lost it, you didn't get beat, right? Like it was all on purple pinstripes, and that's hard to take in. Um, I just. With Rockies fans, it's expected, right? Like, we watch bullpen implosions for fun because Coors is going to Coors. But also, just it just seems the MO of the team. And, like, at a certain point, that's got to shift from a fan standpoint, right? Like, the culture needs to change in the clubhouse. The culture needs to change in the front office. At a certain point, the culture in the fan base needs to change also. Like when we're not expecting to lose a five-one lead, 
especially in the manner that we lost it in. And that's, that's what makes it tough. Right. The beautiful thing about baseball though, is that you have to have a short memory and you're going to have another one tomorrow. So tonight on Monday night, we got a, we got a late one against the Padres. Hopefully we can rebound a little bit and not let this cause something bigger than it should be. Um, it sucks, but I'm ready to, to move on and, and watch tonight's game. And some positive news, Josh Fuentes finally coming around, snag player of the week honors. What do you think about that? Aaron Judge of the NL, I guess we can say. You could say that. Are we buying it? I am. We were huge. We were huge on Fuentes last year when he was, you know, him and Tapio are far and away our best offensive players in the short COVID season. So we know he can do it. It was disappointing to watch him um struggle so badly to start but he's really turned it on and can he sustain it over 162 I don't know I heard somebody say and I can't remember where it was but they said Josh Fuentes just is not a big leaguer and so I think this week (laughs) you said I think you said it no way I think you said it last year at the end of last year he's a he's a quad poor player I'm pretty sure quad a quad a player I have some pretty bad takes so I can't deny I can't deny that I said that at one point, but, but I'm big on him now. <laughs> I'm going to ride his coattails, going to ride that success. I mean, he does it all. He plays any corner position you want at a very high defensive clip. Like we might need to get Mike on this, but I think his D war is just up to snuff with Nolan right now at third base. Um, he pitches, he pitches for you and he hits walk-offs, walk-off doubles. He had a few clutch hit. He had, what was it, Friday night? Saturday night? He had a clutch hit um, in late games that kept the game going. But I want to throw this at you. His home road splits. Coors. Hashtag it. 300 average at home, 174 on the road. Yeah, that's not going to win. <laughs> that's not going to win over a lot of non-Rocky fans. Four home runs at home, zero on the road. Eight hits compared to 21 hits, an OPS of 348 on the road, OPS of 853 at home. This is about 30 more at bats at home. So pretty much this past week. All right, man, we get it. He's a homer. Let's just set him up an apartment on uh, in Lodo, and he just doesn't travel with the team. You can one for square. Yeah, you can uh, start Connor Joe and everybody else at the corners and just move on with your life. Um, I love the point you made up about his defense because he's probably not even the best defensive player on the team. That has to be Ryan McMahon right now. Oh, hands down. That's like, and it's yeah, it's pretty crazy. We we had Mike look into what he's doing defensively compared to to Nolan um, so far this year, and it's it's kind of not even close, really. That that brings up another thing. Um, I saw saw this banter on the internet this weekend. Um, at what point do we stop comparing McMahon and Nolan, and why yeah. do we compare McMahon and Nolan? Yeah, as soon as I did that, I was like, we probably probably need to stop because Nolan's obviously the best third baseman in the league. McMahon's playing a couple different spots and just just getting it done in a different way. Um, and I guess. The reason we want to compare him is because you can obviously see that McMahon's probably the next up and coming kind of star for us, maybe, hopefully. Um, and they play the same spot. So I guess 
I guess that's why it's naturally you want to kind of compare them, but bring up a great point that I don't think that's fair to either player really. No. And it's, it's irritating. I think it's just what like fans do. Like you want to be okay with the fact that our beloved son left us and we have his replacement. That's going to fill this void that we no longer have. And I get to see gold glove play. I get to see bombs over left field. I get to see all this right field, whatever he goes. I can see this now, even though that Nolan is gone, but God damn it, how great it would have been to have McMahon at second, Nolan at third with story in between. And then just mix Max with Joe and Crone over at first base. Uh, B-Rod obviously in and out, but like, I don't, I, I, I am making a conscious effort at this moment right now, 9, 17 PM Eastern standard time. I will not compare Brian McMahon and Nolan Arenado the rest of the season. I think you've, you've persuaded me to join that, that effort. I think that's a, I think it's unfair to both guys to do that. So I guess we can just move on from that. Um, going into that, you're talking about another interesting position situation we have going on with uh connor joe and crone crone's obviously on the il um, but joe's been playing so well what are you gonna do when those guys come back you're gonna platoon them oh you have to i don't know what the splits are like left hand right hand i don't know if we have a left hand right hand platoon but i think they're they're both righties aren't they yeah but does connor i mean connor joe probably hits lefties better than crone just because he's connor joe and he he gets on base I mean, you'd have to platoon. You play the hot guy, start Crone, Joe. I, I mean, is Joe? Joe's definitely better defensively. He's more versatile defensively, so he's great to come off the bench. But I would say 60% of the playing time goes to Crone, 40% goes to Joe at first base just because of Joe's versatility. Well, you know, when Crone gets off the IL, he's going to have to be kind of eased back into things because he's missed some significant time at this point. Right. And, and Buddy buddy does well with that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I mean, you have to really do him. Definitely. Um, some good news in the farm system is um, uh, Ro- Rolison got promoted to AAA. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, I got the bump today. He's going to pitch on Saturday, Thursday. Yeah, he's our, for anybody who doesn't know, Ryan Rolston, left-handed pitcher. He's our number two prospect, um, according to the MLB pipeline. So, triple uh, A, I mean, double A, to my understanding, obviously, <laughs> my Legion baseball experience probably doesn't cut it on the knowledge scale. But from what I understand is double A is where you go to have everything get figured out and once you succeed at double a you're good enough to be a big leader big leaguer triple triple a is just kind of a stopgap or um for lack of a better saying a i don't know a, a transition piece would you agree with that or am i off base there you're not completely off i mean triple a is definitely better than double a but you see the jump from double a to the pros all the time uh, you see the young guys in double A going up to major leagues where the little bit older guys, the veterans, the rehab guys, they're at third base, like the Connor Joe's, the 28, 29 year olds that just haven't figured it out, but are like this close. They're playing in, in Albuquerque where Rollison, the up and cover prospects, they're, they're in, they're in Hartford doing their thing. 
Yeah, it's that it's that double A straight to major league jump that happens all the time. Right. Uh, Yoli Shashin did it when he came up. Pretty sure Juan Nicasio did it when he came up. Yobaldo Enemis, I think. Could be wrong on, on one of those, but um, you see it all the time, right? Right. It's huge news, like, especially with where we are in the bullpen. I, don't, I mean, Rollison's a starter, but where we are in a bullpen, Freeland's coming back. If we can get a Rollison to come in the second half and just give us excitement and, like, what to look for in the future and, like, just see him do his thing. I'm pretty stoked about it. Like I, there's a solid chance I'm watching on Thursday night instead of the Rockies game. Yeah. I mean, what the dream scenario is that he comes in and he can be like our Emilio Pagan that the Padres have that, that Swiss army knife out of the bullpen that can actually uh, stop, stop the big Mo from swallowing this hole. I just, just bring in the nail, just somebody that goes, Put me in whatever situation you want me to, and I will get us from point A to point B without questions asked. Like the only I, guy I can even—I want the only guy asked on my team that can just put the nail in the coffin. Yeah, 100%. we're close. I thought we we had it in Bard. I'm not sure, like his fastball is not doing so hot right now. Givens, one inning—that's it. Like if he has to go sit on the bench after warming up, he's not any good. Um, Lawrence. To whip, but he he came into some big moments this weekend. Did okay. I want I want to be excited about somebody in the bullpen constantly. Not yeah, Lawrence Lawrence is electrifying, but I I don't understand how he has a seven plus ERA when you're throwing 101 mile per hour. I don't know. Guys are just nailing the timing and and just exposing him for not being able to locate well enough and all of those things. <clears throat> Obviously there's a lot of different things that kind of go into it that coaching staff and all of that knows a lot better than we do. But I mean, the eye test just doesn't make sense because you see 101 and should be blowing people away. Right. I did see an angle, a video angle, like it was the catcher here and like the cameras back, back this way. It was on one of yeah. Lawrence's pitches. You can see the sidearm coming behind the right-handed batter you see the ball the entire plane 60 feet to the home plate so you have a pretty good visual of it as a hitter and then somebody that just hasn't been able to locate it on the corners or anywhere consistently you're going to get jacked like these are the best athletes in the world doing this game and that that was really that was kind of eye-opening for me like you see yeah, it from a different perspective but then when you see it from an eye hitter's eye like Okay, you can see why you can be patient and you can crush when he misses because you know the miss when it's coming. Right. So they're just teeing up fastball the entire time and just waiting for the pitch, which anytime you have a major leaguer waiting for their pitch, it's it's bad news. So sounds right. like he needs to add some deception and um some more um spinners in there, I guess. But right. if you can't locate, you can't do it. So yeah, and he, he looked good this last few outings this weekend. Um, but speaking of your minor leagues, B-Rod update! We are this close to seeing our boy B-Rod in MLB. It's looked pretty good. His hits, I actually watched the game on Friday night. I had a 9, nine o'clock on the laptop. Rocky's on the big screen. Two for three, his first game back. 
arm field looks good, good defensively. Didn't really have any tough plays to make at second base. He's starting at shortstop tonight. But B-Rod Watch is like, it's on, baby. We're this close. And I hope he can just stay healthy and dominate up in the majors and just make me happy. And that brings up some really interesting roster decisions that have to be made from um, Bud Black's perspective. Can't be that um, hard. You know, you know. No, it's, it, it's not, but it is because uh, the – no, it is. Because the elephant in the room is when are you going to trade Trevor Story? Because it's in our best interest to probably do it sooner rather than later. Uh, so who's going to take over a shortstop at that point? It's probably going to be B-Rod. So is it once he's healthy and he puts a good week in at the major league level that they, they finally feel comfortable maybe pulling the trigger and – and moving Trevor? I don't know. I don't think B-Rod plays shortstop. I don't think B-Rod is the future of shortstop in the Rockies organization. No, so what do you do? Move, move Hampson over there? I mean, Hampson, Trejo. I mean, he's not the answer either. He's a good fill-in. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I, I want it to be B-Rod, but with all those shoulder injuries and just the injury plague seasons that he is, he's the new David Dahl of 2021, like – He's, I just don't think you can trust that consistently. Like, yes. Especially with a position like shortstop, I just don't think you put him out there. Yeah. Well, B-Rod is, um, Mike just let me know, is, is one for two so far on this um, beautiful Monday evening. So nice. he's, hitting, he's hitting a solid 444. So he's fine. He's going to be back real quick. He'll be back. Also, speaking of one of the more exciting guys I liked out of the bullpen probably in the last 10 years, Chris Russin, he's down in Albuquerque. He's got a nice ERA of 16.20, so. Hey, he quick pitched Justin Turner that one time. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, made a video about it. Check it out on YouTube. <laughs> Subscribe while you're there. Um, judging by the numbers, you haven't. <laughs> your That Russin Turner video is up like 600. 600 views. You're kind of a big deal in a small circle. Um, Freeland, also, the other guy. He's going to start soon. I think he's he's going to start again soon. Maybe Wednesday, Friday. Um, he looked pretty decent, no Ks, but looked on point with his control on his start on Saturday. I can't wait for a Freeland start in, in Coors. Yeah, and I mean, he's still building up arm strength and all kinds of stuff. So the fact that he put even a respectable outing together at AAA is is great signs. And from everything we've heard, there's no issues after the start. So I think um, I think it's all green. It's all go. All go from here. All right, last thing. Matt Adams. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about Matt Adams? I don't know. I, I no. <laughs> no. He's the he's the one that leaves when Brandon Rogers comes up. I know he's on the IL and stuff now, but he I don't think we see him again in purple pinstripes. And if we do, I'm gonna lose it. There is absolutely no reason that Matt Adams should be on the Colorado Rockies. I don't. Okay. Here's my question for you. Ask it. Who's gonna be your left-handed uh, pinch hitter out of the off the bench? Why do you need one? matchups buddy loves his matchups you don't need matchups late game tie what did he game. do in the late game before he went on the injured list 
He grounded into a double play and almost ruined the comeback. Well, I know that, but I'm asking who's the alternative. I don't know. It doesn't That's matter. All I'm asking. Because I watched Garrett Hampson, the fastest guy on our team, ground into a game-ending double play just yesterday. Just yesterday. Yeah, you'll have that. But he also was like four for five with bombs and triples and clutches balls the first three games before that. Yeah, you're right. Why, why can't you call up Sam, Sam Hilliard? He's just as good as Matt Adams. Yeah. He's faster. He's better defensively. There's your lefty off the bench if you want a lefty off the bench. I think what I'm trying to get at is what is Jason Giambi doing with this? That's the only – that's the best question you've asked when it re, it's regards to Matt Adams. Is he, is he busy? Because I'll take a Jason Giambi 50-year-old AB over a Matt Adams AB any day. Any day. It's just – and it's nothing against Matt Adams. I just don't see any reason that man is on this team and why he was up here before Connor Joe, why he was – I don't know, just even in the question – before like to make the team i don't know it's just dumb just dumb hitting is probably one of the most difficult things to do in sports and i totally understand that but um yeah there has to be better options out there you have it in the system we have better options in the system and our system isn't even that great why is he on this team whatever dfa dfa soon again nothing gets you mad whatever just don't see the reason he's on this team don't see it anyway Good news. I'm pretty. Go. Okay, go ahead. No, you go. I was gonna say I'm pretty sure our number three prospect in the in the system. It's a weak system, I know that, but is a first baseman. So just saying. Yeah, why not call up him? That that's another conversation that you and I yes. are having. We'll have it. We'll have it another time. So we asked the listeners, the Twitter sphere, the Facebook people, and I want to ask you this question. I don't know if you actually answered it. Maybe you did. Um, if you could put any former Rockies player to be on this year's team, who would it be and why? And so why you think about yours, here, here are some responses. Um, thought this was pretty cool. Gerald Elway Cruz put an entire picture of the Blake Street Bombers on there. He said any of them just because it would be fun. 720 Pedro. Vinny is my pick. Dude was a vacuum over at third and he was sitting on fastballs and ate up curveballs every now and then. Vinny. Cargo. That sexy, sexy bat swing. I know I'm speaking for Kirk when um, I'm putting that out there. Domingo here. I feel like Wilton Lopez would fit in well with this bullpen. Coorsy Cat, someone who can work and help develop a young roster, i.e. Jason Giambi. What? Right under that, Fan Cab Maximo, Jason Giambi. France, EU France, Cargo, because why not? Can't argue that. And then Scraxy. Full tank mode scratch says Wade Davis could blow a couple more games for us. <laughs> and then super fan GG cares, DJ LeMayhew. Um, I thought that was really interesting because I just put it out there. Wonder where we are mentally and were we in for the tank? Are we in for fun? Are we in competitive mode? And to me, it looked like fun and tank season uh, to that. So I ask you, who would you put on this team and why? Well, there's the two easiest picks in the world, right? You got Todd Helton and Larry Walker because one's a Hall of Famer and one's 
hopefully going to be a Hall of Famer or is at least the best Rocky of all time, probably. But never those are easy choices. So that's why I'm going to avoid those ones. And I'm going to say Juan Pierre. Ooh. I would um, like to have him and Hampson roaming the outfield together, just uh, snagging balls that should not be caught just for the entertainment factor, because this team is going nowhere fast. I can get on board with that. I like that. I like that. I'm, I'm going on the scraxy train. Like if we're doing this and I'll just counter into it up to my Matt Adams, get rid of him argument. Way Davis tank season. Give us, give us more L's. Um, why? I mean, what are we doing here? Or no, no, scratch that. We're just going to cut that entire thing out. Cargo. Just he's an electric factory. Everything he did was so much fun to watch. He you're you're in for it defensively and offensively. And I'm watching these games anyway. So give me that. So you put Juan Pierre on left, Hampson in center, and put Cargo on right. I had to tune into that outfield every single day. Yeah, I think that's a good take. I mean, that's um that's another I thought about Tulo for a second. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of really great exciting players we had at one point or another oh yeah like prime too low i mean we had that conversation last time but if you put too low on the team story has to sit right you know, that's yeah that's the reason i didn't say it in our scenario i guess i'm putting blackman on the bench or we can minor too i don't know just give me give me cargo that'd be fun all right and last thing we'll end it with this i know i said that before least favorite most favorite um padre i want to start doing this every series or every time we record before um, the most favorite right now is Tatis Jr., who I think the entire anybody that loves baseball is going to say that. Obvious. Uh, the number one disliked Padre um, for me is probably Scott Hairston of all time, because there's no way that man's still on the team. No, he's not of all time. Active player. Oh, you want me to do an active player? That's excuse me. I I uh, fumbled the rules there. Please forgive me. I I wasn't good at explaining them. It's my fault. Probably, probably, I need to look at a roster. Mine, my least favorite is Yurikson Profar, and I could I... not tell you exactly why. I just – there's something about him. I, I think it's just because he used to be a Texas Ranger. My brother is a huge Rangers fan. And just, like, Profar was supposed to be, like, this up-and-coming dude who's supposed to just be good. And then he fizzled out. And then he – the BS that he did with Kershaw at the end of this year with the swinging bat into the glove, just amateur hour type stuff, just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I mean, that's right directly after Machado. That's my least favorite person on there. Um and then my favorite is, um, I I want to say Cronenworth. Dude is just he's a ball player. He's having a really good year, uh, and I can't believe I apologize to everybody that I even had to think about this. It's obviously Manny Machado. Yeah, I was just assuming you were just not doing the obvious like you did before. No, I I didn't. I I totally spaced. I was just thinking about Tatis and Hosmer and. Will Myers, and I didn't think about Machado at all. 
And <laughs> now that I remember he's a Padre, oh man, uh, nobody should like that guy. He's just, he's really good, but just nothing about him screams like, hey, I want to be your friend or I want to root for you. Just the other day, just the other day, when you think maybe he's like turning a corner, just the other day, he completed a dangerous and unnecessary slide. Uh, oh, you're on that end on that? Of course. I it's didn't ridiculous. think that was that at all. Dude, it's horrible. I didn't think that was dirty at all. It's only dirty because it's Machado. If Tatis did that, you would not be saying the same thing. Tatis wouldn't have done that. <laughs> yes, he would have. It's a baseball play. Nah, he wouldn't have done that. It was inside the rules. Yeah, he would have. It's inside the rules, but, I mean, there's lots of dirty stuff that are inside the rules. It happens every day. People are dirty and they cheat, and they got to do that to get by, and that's totally fine. But Machado, like, he doesn't need to do that. He's talented enough not to do that shit, and he still does it anyway. That's what's, that's what's annoying. A-Rod-esque. I agree with that last sentence you said, but I don't, I don't think that was what happened yesterday. It is very A-Rod-esque. His aura is A-Rod-like, and I don't like it. That's I don't understand. Okay, please tell me why you think that's not dirty. He was just sliding. He was getting out of the way of the, the ball, the throw or whatever, breaking up the double play and rules that were legal. He's nowhere near a base. He was in the baseline. But yeah, but why are you sliding if you're not by a base? He's just there. Like, why is the guy there? The guy's going to get you either way. Just give yourself up or turn so, the other way. Why not do if what you did? Avoid, if you're trying to avoid the tag, then why don't you just go ahead and start trying to get in a pickle or whatever else? He just – he was avoiding the tag. He slid on, into him. Come or, on. No. Come on. Look at this. Yeah, I am looking at it, and it's trash. Total trash. Ducked, dived under it, missed the tag. Not dirty what all, at all. Watching that entire play makes it way worse. No. Definitely. Huh. Interesting. We're going to end it with that. That was too much Manny Machado talk. I think you're wrong. Um, that's Blake's Three Banter. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. Find us. We have YouTube. We have blogs all the way. BlakeStreetBanter.com. Coming in and out. Um, YouTube videos. We're here. We're doing it all. I'm trying to give you the Colorado Rockies content that you all deserve in a fun, fantastic <laughs> pun way. Uh, thanks for listening. Leave us a review. Love you. Go Rocks! Woo! Woo!